The soul's journey throughout all of existence is quite a wonderful journey to walk. We begin our journey when God, in loving, creates soul, brings forward out of the pure essence of oneness that divine spark. Out of the great light comes a spark. And that spark is the individualized expression of the divine loving that is God, that is you. And from that very moment that that spark of light came out of the sound, as soul, that is you, it began a journey, a journey of experience, a journey of movement throughout all of God's creation to have experience, to fulfill itself and to fulfill what God gave it to do. And on that journey throughout the beginning of its existence, there has been a voice, a voice ever present with it, calling to it, letting it know that God loves this soul, that God is ever there guiding it. I remember as a child, one of my teachers at school, when I was in elementary school, talking about my conscience. Don't you have a conscience? Doesn't anything ever tell you what's right and what's wrong? Don't do this, do that. And I wasn't quite sure what they were talking about at the time. I always knew this voice of God that was ever guiding me, directing me, participate here, don't go there, this will take you into greater loving, this will not take you into greater loving, this will take you away from it. And ever following that subtle, still, small voice inside that I knew to be the voice of God. All of a sudden I realized as she was talking that at one level everyone knows that voice of God but they call it other things. But there is that part of us that is ever listening to God's voice saying keep on the path, keep on the journey, go for the experience, fulfill what's in front of you. And it's always reminding us too Maybe to go right and not left, to go forward and not backward, to continue on and not stagnate. And it's for us to begin to listen more and more to that subtle direction, that subtle voice of loving that is ever, ever calling us home. And it is interesting, the very moment that God created soul and we came out of the oneness into individuality and in that individual nature of the divine loving essence of the Lord that we are and we began to move into God's creation God knew that the moment we went into separation that there were going to be some that would forget very quickly its own place from which it came that it truly is of God and of loving and came out of the divine oneness because it will get caught up in separation, in illusion, in the down and out focus and movement. Where others, as soon as they went into individualization, all they wanted to do was merge back. How do I get back? I want to come back. I don't want to be separated. 
For those, God wasn't so concerned because the knowing, the memory, the desire to return was strong and was going to ever be their motivation by which they lived their experiences. But for the others, the others that as soon as they went into individual expression, began to move away from the oneness and began to get caught up in separation, God continued to ever do what it could to remind the soul of its true nature, of where it came from, and how to return once again. That's what the sacred name is about. That's what the power of the name is about. That what stirs you, that calls you, that reminds you, that speaks to you to do good, to be loving, to be forgiving, to be accepting, even when you don't want to be. There's still that little nudge inside of you. But what about this? That is God giving you direction by which you can complete whatever it is that you might have gotten caught up in in this creation. Your karmas. To be free and to once again return home. I remember when we were studying science and we were watching, we were taking mercury and we would separate little pieces of mercury away from the major pool of mercury and the mercury would do all it could to find its way back into the greater body of mercury. It would slither around for a little bit and then all of a sudden it would just reabsorb back into the greater one. And as soon as I saw that, I thought, that's what we are. That's exactly what we are. We are like that. God came down and just took his loving hand and kind of separated us out from the greater one. And all of us are truly longing to get back to a place of oneness where we came from, so we desire to get back. But I also watched as these pools of mercury, some of them would just kind of go off and some would stay still and some would go off and keep going further away from the pool rather than towards it. But many of them would return back very quickly. Why is that? Why would some stagnate? Why would some go farther away? And why would some return very quickly back to the pool from which it came? It's all about attraction. It's all about attention and focus and the consciousness of things. And it's also about what God has instilled inside each soul as to the direction and the course and the experience it's going to go into. Each soul that has come into manifestation has a purpose, has a meaning, has a direction that God has instilled within it. We are all the same, but that which God has instilled in us individually is unique unto itself. And so we are all having unique and wonderful and different experiences on this great journey of, of experience, of life. And it's for us to begin to wake up and to pay attention 
to those experiences and to see how important they truly are because as we move in them consciously, we fulfill them. And as we fulfill them, we get complete with that journey that God gave us to go on. And when the journey is complete, then we can truly return from which we came. And for some, like some of the pieces of mercury that were separated from the pool of mercury, the return is quick because the experience that God sent them out to have maybe was a quick experience or maybe was more involved in the realms of spirit and not the physical creation. And so it was easier for them to complete their journey and to return home. But for others, the soul was sent on a great journey, a journey of experience throughout all of creation, not just in the spiritual realms, but down here in the physical as well. You know, in the physical realms, it is easy to get lost. It is easy to feel separated. It is easy to feel alone in this physical creation. In the realms of spirit, that doesn't happen. In the realms of spirit, you're ever aware that you are a part of the eternal flow of loving. You are ever a part, even as an individualized soul going through experience in the realms of spirit, you're ever aware of the oneness. And you're ever aware that as you move through these experiences in spirit, in the movement of loving, you're returning back into the fullness of oneness once again in this journey. But down here we forget. The soul gets trapped by the mind, by the emotions, by the imagination in the body, and it forgets. It looks down into the world and it believes the illusion rather than the truth. The illusion that this world is. Sure seems real, and that's the challenge. The illusion seems so real that the soul has begun to believe it and chases after the illusion trying to fulfill itself rather than discovering its true identity from within. So on this journey, we get caught up in the world, and we get caught up in the words of the world. We get caught up in the definitions that the world give us to live. And the key in all of this is to begin to discover the truth for yourself. Discover your own definitions of who you are and to begin to live that. That's where taking responsibility is a big factor on a spiritual journey. Taking responsibility for your thoughts and your feelings and getting those aligned in such a way as you begin to live the truth of who you are. Not living other people's thoughts and feelings and living in confusion and in separation by doing so but by finding what is your truth mentally, what is your truth emotionally, what is your truth physically, and begin to bring that all into alignment so you begin to live in that greater flow of the truth of who you are. And the easiest way to do that is to look and find that essence of loving inside yourself, that which you are. You are the divine, living, loving essence of the Lord. So connect to that loving. Find what that loving is in you right now. 
and begin to connect into that. What stirs you into a place of loving? It can be a very simple little thing, but it may be the thread by which you begin to connect into the greater flow of the divine that you are. I remember one time when I was visiting a nursing home. My father was there, and there was this woman in the room across the hall. And she never had visitors. She lived here in Austin, but her family was up in in the Northeast. And so I'd often drop by and say hello. Sometimes I'd bring her a couple of flowers or a little book or something, just as a gift, just to let her know that somebody was thinking about her. And one day she said, could you sit down and talk to me a little longer? And I said, sure. So after that, I would spend more and more time, not just dropping something off and saying hello and seeing how she was doing, but we'd start talking. And she said, you know, until you popped your head in the door and started bringing me these little gifts and saying hello and smiling and laughing for a moment with me, I didn't really know the greater truth of myself. I had lost it. And I said, well, what's that? What's your greater truth? She said, that smile, that laugh that you brought into the room, I realized was mine. That's my smile and that's my laugh. That's my place where I am true. That is my loving. And at first I thought, I could only have it when you came to visit your dad and came over to say hello. But as you kept coming in weekly and stopping by and saying hello, all of a sudden I realized that it was my choice, that you could let it walk, uh, I could let it walk down the hall with you and be gone, or I could hold on to that which you stirred inside of me, and I could begin to live that more in my life. And she said, I'm now doing that. She said, do you know before you came into this room, I hadn't been out of this bed but to take a shower with help for four months. I had just given up. And I was staying in bed. There was no reason to get up. There was no reason to go down the hall. There was no reason to go eat with everybody else. She said, do you know now? I'm up. I'm walking. I'm going down and I'm eating meals with other people. I'm talking with them. And guess what? I like it. I'm enjoying it. And I'm trying my best to ever keep choosing back into that smile that you brought into the room, that laugh that you shared with me, and to live that that you stirred back awake inside of me. And that's it. If we can just find that movement of our divine loving, that essence of loving inside of us, however we can find it, and then keep choosing back into it, we're going to connect back into our greater truth, and we are going to find that freedom. The freedom of the soul from this creation and being able to return back into the realm of spirit consciously and return back into the oneness with God once again. And that's what this journey is about, is discovering that place, that essence where the loving resides in us and to finally 
evermore choose that first and foremost. That's often what I say, God first and God only. We want to find where God resides in us and ever choose to God first and God only, that loving first and that loving only that is us, that is the divine spark that dwells within our own consciousness, within our own beingness. That's what meditation is about. Of going within and discovering the truth of who we are inside. Not looking for it in the world. We'll find bits and pieces of ourselves all over the place. And we'll find bits and pieces of ourselves reflected back to us by others. But we're not going to find the truth of ourselves or the wholeness of ourselves until we go inside. A great teacher 2,000 years ago said, Seek, ask, and knock. And that's the journey of the inner awakening. We must seek the truth of who we are. We must seek and find that truth of the divine, living, loving essence of the Lord that dwells within us and to begin to choose into it more and more all the time. And what is it that we ask for? Do we sit down and pray and ask for a car and ask for a a mate in the world and ask for a lot of money? Not on the spiritual journey, no. That's a physical journey. The spiritual journey is ask for God's loving. Ask for God's assistance upon this journey of awakening inside. Ask for the awareness and the tools by which to truly come awake and the tools by which to truly let go of the illusion and the attachments to the illusion so that we stand free and can return home. And what is the knocking? Ask, seek, and knock. It's knock at that door. That door where the spiritual teacher stands behind. That door waiting for you. That tenth door, the spiritual door, at the spiritual eye center. So we go inside, we come up to that doorway, we seek that pathway back here to the spiritual eye center. We ask for God to come present with us in our journey and to assist us in awakening to the greater truth of who we are. And we knock at that door that it might open so that we can now leave this physical consciousness once again and return back to the realms of spirit from which we came. It's through this doorway the soul came in, and when the karma is set into the consciousness, the door, I won't say slam shut, but it's shut. And it's for us to handle those karmas of this lifetime, and in doing so, we begin to be freer to walk this inner journey, and to have that door come open, so that we then can return. And when we ask, what we're really asking for is the tools by which to walk this inner journey. And God gives us a very simple tool. The tool of loving. Of loving God first. Putting God first in all things. 
If we put God first in all of our existence and all of our focus of loving is with God and we allow then God's loving into us, the pathway is open, the pathway is revealed and we can walk it very simply in loving. And we love everything that is in our existence. We love our past, we love our future, we love the present. We love our existence. And in the loving, all is brought into neutrality and the pathway is made easy to walk. But one of the actions that comes in the loving is a tool to assist us in freeing ourselves of the mind, the emotion, the imagination, and the body of this creation that we have gotten so attached to and that we've even identified ourselves as I. This is who I am. Accept me or not. But in truth, this body, your imagination, the emotions, the mind, the unconscious, they are not you. And it is for us to wake up into the truth of who you are then, if not all this. The sacred name of God that is given in initiation that has been handed down as the keys to the kingdom as the living word throughout all of time and has been the seed of all major religions in the world, past and present, is the means by which we can begin to free ourselves of the illusion and of the entrapment of the mind so that the soul can stand free in the knowing of itself while living in the body, while living in this creation, and fulfill itself here that it came to do. And in that fulfillment, when the time comes, it can consciously return from which it came, back into the realms of spirit, walking that pathway that it has created inside through meditation, walking that pathway through the body consciousness, through the imaginational realms, the emotional realms, the mental realms, the unconscious realm and in the soul and beyond, allowing the soul once again to return into the fullness from which it came. And that's all an action of loving. And it can be done so, so easily. But it does take doing. And it's an amazing thing if any of you have ever started on a spiritual quest. You may now be looking at it and realizing that once you take a foot on the spiritual pathway of returning home to God and you walk it for just a little while, all of a sudden you realize you really can't turn around and go back. No matter how much you might even look back and think, wow, that was kind of fun. Maybe I want to go back down to 6th Street and have some more drinks and sit around and talk and or whatever it might be. All of a sudden, there's another part of you that goes, but why? That's not fulfilling. That's not joy. That's not peace. That's going back into the illusion, back into the entrapment. Why? And so you go, okay, and you just keep on walking on this pathway that gets simpler and easier and quieter and less involved in the world. 
it's interesting because today when I was talking with somebody before starting, we were talking and the statement of this pathway is really just a one-way street, isn't it? In truth, it is. Once you get initiated, once you begin walking this inner pathway, initiated or not, it really does become a one-way path. The soul begins to sense a way home, a way back to which it came from. Now it knows it can go home. And it's going to do all it can to just continue this journey on this one-way road back home to God, the path, the way. Maybe we'll stop calling it just the way and call it the one way. But in truth, it is your way. Whatever you find works for you that brings you closer to God right now, whether you're meditating or not, whether you're initiated or not, if that action is bringing you closer to God and bringing you on that way for your own soul's return home to God, that's a one-way street. And you're going to find that no matter what you do, the attractions of this world are going to become weaker and weaker, and the attraction to God and spirit are going to become stronger and stronger because now that's the direction you're walking. And what you focus on is what you become. If you focus on God, if you focus on loving, if you focus on spirit, if you focus on your soul, that is what you become. So pay attention. And be aware of what God has laid out as the tools of the return, of walking inside in meditation sitting down, waking up into the divine knowing of self. Spending some time every day with God, tithing that 10% of the day, if you will. If you can sit down and spend two and a half hours a day in focus with the divine, in sharing and being with God, in waking up into the divine that you are, then you truly are Seeking, asking, knocking. You are doing the inner journey. And the wonderful thing is about that, when you do that, is that God is freely able to walk with you more consciously throughout the rest of the day. And then God truly does enter into your life and enter into the day. And the grace goes before you and it cleans away a lot of the karma. And if it doesn't clean away the karma, it gives you the tools by which to clear the karma yourself. And you become freer to continue the journey in a greater light walk than before. A pathway filled with light and a lightness to your own step. There isn't the burden. So find what connects you to that loving. Maybe it's a puppy. Maybe it's your dog. Maybe it's a cat. Maybe it's talking with a friend where you really feel unconditional loving present. Maybe it's walking in nature and just listening to the birds, watching the animals. But connect to that place of loving 
And then once you feel it stir inside of you, know that you don't have to go back out into the forest or be with your friend or be with your pet. All you have to do is look inside and connect back where that was discovered, where that was felt, where you knew that to be stirred. And you then can begin to create that for yourself on a daily basis and live there all the time. The journey of the soul isn't about this lifetime. The journey of the soul is about the life of the soul and all the journeys of experience that it is on. This is but one of them, one of the chapters in a great book of life. But maybe this is your last chapter. Maybe this is the end chapter for you where you're going to get to that last page and it truly does say the end of your experiential walk. Because in this lifetime, it may be that this is the time for you to truly not just complete your karmas at the physical level and be able to return back to the realm of soul, but maybe this is also the lifetime by which you as soul can merge back into oneness with God and not be in separation ever again. Maybe it truly is the end of the book the end of the life story of your soul. Wouldn't it be great to be able to close the last page of the book and see it written there, the end, and realize the end just means the return, end of the fullness, end of the oneness once again, no more separation. The journey is complete. The experiences have been had. And you have returned back with all that you have gained in the knowing and experience, back into God. And God knows God more fully through the journey of your soul. That's the walk. If we can begin to walk this life with that awareness and honor every experience and every person and every word that we are participating with in life, then it becomes a different journey. And it becomes a simpler one and we fulfill, and we complete. And I know it can be done. I know it can be done because I've witnessed it within myself, I've witnessed it within Brian, I'm witnessing it within those in ILM that have been initiated and are living that name of God. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That hallowed name lives in us, is us, and we live in that hallowed, that sacred essence, and that loving is ever moving in us and through us. And many of us are now discovering that and living in that all the time. It isn't just in a moment in meditation. It is every moment of our existence. We live it. We are it. So thanks for hearing my ramblings. <laughs> the end, and they lived happily ever after. <laughs> Only in spirit. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all. Again, we'll be 
gone for five weeks. We're going to be two weeks in Kalamazoo, Michigan, three weeks up in Fort Wayne. If you want to come up and visit, please do so. Otherwise, we'll be back and starting class again here with Brian and I on June 22nd. Uh, until then, Bill and Tom and Laura will be here doing uh, our classes with you all. So please join in. Thank you all.